0: Welcome back to the podcast of Community Action Suffolk. This is where we chat to some of the voices, the influencers and the people that are very, very close to the voluntary sector around the Suffolk community. Joining me on the podcast today is Alison Beach, who I am delighted to have as part of this interview because Alison's got many, many insights to share, in particular about volunteering and working in that voluntary sector space. Hi there, Alison. How are you?
1: Hi, Deborah, Good to see you again. Yeah, really good. Thank you.
0: And you. So I know we're going to talk about many, many plates that you spin in the world. So I wonder if you could just start by talking to me just very generally about the world of volunteering. And for you as a person, what drew you into volunteering? Has it been something you've done all your life? Or was it in your sort of adult life that you became more aware of the need to share your skills and open your experiences to other people?
1: Um, I, I think actually it goes back uh, many years. Um, I think I first got involved in volunteering uh, probably at Sixth Born College, College uh, when I became part of the student union and I helped run the uh, newsletter. Uh, and then I carried on when I went to university. I volunteered for Nightline, which is kind of like a Samaritan's helpline for students and i was part of the um the local the residence committee for the uh halls of residence that i was i lived at uh, so yeah i think it it goes back to my late teens um, but six Form College was probably the thing that, that led me into it in, initially,
0: yeah. <laughs> and people that you know you very well around the Suffolk community, many people will associate you with Ipswich Jaffa, I guess, as, as a kind of lead <laughs> role that you've played in um, a voluntary arena. Tell me how many years you have been
1: involved with Ipswich Jaffa. Uh probably joined them in about 2008, I think, originally, uh, when I was training for a, a New York marathon at the time. Uh, no. Berlin marathon I'd already done New York by then and thought I'd better go and find out how to actually run after I'd done one uh, semi-successfully so uh, yeah so 2008 I think I joined Jaffa and um, fairly quickly got involved in uh, helping them um, joining the committee and then uh, getting involved in some of the events that they put on yeah so it has been a while
0: (laughs) and as chair you have very recently stepped aside from that that role of chair that you've had for a number of years as well
1: Yeah, I was chair for six years and just stepped down at the end of November last year um, after the six years uh, in post. But I am still involved, um, not on the committee, but um, I'm involved in their race events uh, that they put on. So, yeah.
0: (laughs) So when we talk about a running club of the scale and size of Ipswich Jaffa, tell me how many volunteers do you typically need to keep the... You know, the, the machine well-oiled at the club, even taking aside race day. I mean, naturally, obviously, every time you do those big events through Ipswich Town Centre, it takes no end of volunteers to be there. But just to keep the day-to-day going and make sure it runs as it should, as a, as a good, solid infrastructure. But how
1: many people does that take? Well, quite a lot, actually. And probably people might be surprised by that. It is entirely run by volunteers. There are no paid staff at Jaffa. Um, we have um, about 400 members in total. So we've got about 300 uh, seniors and nearly 100 juniors. Um, and the day-to-day running of the club uh, is is done by a committee. Uh, again, all volunteers. So you've got your chair, your vice chair, secretaries, et cetera. Um, Then there's the coaching team. We've got a significant coaching team and all of the training uh, that that goes on behind that, the safeguarding um, with the juniors. Obviously, the ratios are higher of of number of coaches to to junior runners. Uh, Again, the safeguarding training, uh, the organization, the planning, all of that, it, it does take um, it's probably all told I would say between 40 and 50 volunteers just to keep the show on the road and that's not uh, factoring any any of the events at all um, Yeah, the act, active running of the club yeah, is probably around that number of people um, Yeah.
0: So, so talk to me about the appetite for that volunteering, does it kind of go in peaks and troughs where at times you've kind of got so many people that want to be involved and run the organisation and other times it's much harder or is it Because people become so invested in something like a running community, naturally, they are drawn to want to give their time.
1: Um, I'd like to say we were always swamped to volunteers, but I don't think that's ever been the case. Um, You know, we could always benefit from more people being involved. And I think there's a a combination of things. People are busy. um, You know, our natural demographic is probably focused on people who are incredibly busy, working full time, looking after families, um, running businesses, whatever it might be. Um so, so they're not they're not people who are blessed with a lot of spare time in the first place uh, but also a reticence that oh you know my skills aren't relevant or what could I possibly do or some people who are just like it's not for me I don't want to be involved I just want to come and run and that's fine um, but making uh, volunteering attractive and, and helping people to understand what they can get out of it you know is incredible I, I, we've got one particular runner who springs to mind who uh, he joined our beginners course um, probably five six years ago something like that. He's gone on to subsequently, and he literally was doing the catch to five k. Uh, he did the beginners course. He then trained for a marathon. He then qualified as a as a coach, uh, and he's he's done two of the coaching courses now. Um, you know, and it's it's it, he speaks you know huge hugely. Um, sort of thoughtfully and, and gratefully about what he's got from doing those things, not just the, you know, he came along just to find out how to run and, and stay fit. And he's ended up uh, in, in his words um changing his life. So um, yeah, so it can benefit everybody really, but, but getting people involved is, is a constant um, battles, probably overstating it, but it's a constant theme at the club right. of getting people to step forward, step up,
0: And I guess because there's a constant churn, isn't there? Every time somebody comes in as a volunteer, perhaps you're always losing people through different age and stage of their life. Some people might go to university, circumstances. I I know when you and I, I mean, I remember we we did the Great North together and I think you must have joined Ipswich Jaffa about that sort of time. And at that time you were... An award-winning businesswoman, mother of two teenage daughters—you've got your mum living with you. Very, very busy world. Some people would say, "Why on earth did she choose to
1: volunteer?" Yeah, yeah, but- um, yeah. And uh, and I think, but my my view is that that things don't happen unless people get involved and and do them. You know, every time you you turn up for a running uh, at a running club to do an event or to just take part in the coaching. There's a team of volunteers behind that um, and making it happen. And, and unless you step forward and, and offer your services, it's it's not going to continue. Um, and and if you've got skills, or even if you don't have skills necessarily, that you think are applicable. Um, you know why why not? You know that things don't happen by magic. And it's uh... but you're right about the churn, uh, particularly around the juniors. So people will often get involved while their juniors are are of that age, but then we lose them. Not, you know, we lose the junior, but then we we also get them back, you know, when they finish university or when they go to university, they become seniors, and they run with the, the senior club as well, and their parents perhaps then get re-involved, um, so that has happened as well, but yeah, there is a churn for sure, people move away, people lose interests get injured, have, ba- you know, have families, get different jobs, etc, so there's always a churn, so there's always a need to replenish um, the funnel of volunteers, yeah, always.
0: And of course, Ipswich Jaffa isn't the only thing that you've been heavily involved with. You're you're also a volunteer with Anglia Care Trust, aren't you?
1: Um, I am, yes. So I started volunteering for them while I was still working full time because I felt I wanted to do something uh, that was really giving back and perhaps something that was going to stretch me and challenge me, but also it needed to be incredibly flexible. Uh, and I found that in, um, it was actually through uh, Dean Willingham who introduced me to Anglia Care Trust. Um, and they have a range of volunteering options that really suit anybody with any kind of skills, time availability, and the beauty of it for me is that I could sort of choose my shifts if you like. So I volunteer as what's called an appropriate adult. Um, we support uh, vulnerable adults or juveniles who are un- find themselves in police custody. Um, so quite a lot of training behind it, obviously a lot of safeguarding, um, but it's part of the criminal justice system. Uh, that that everybody who is is either a juvenile or a vulnerable adult has to have somebody who's an appropriate adult with them while they're in police custody at certain key points in the process.
0: Wow, just I mean those those two volunteering roles just like worlds apart, aren't they? So so different.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they are different, but but also. Um, I I think it it teaches you things uh, that are very transferable. So I mean, the communication skills element, um, certainly with the the appropriate adult, you know, you're going into a situation that's incredibly stressful for the individual and concerned, usually, often. Um, You've got to instantly build a rapport with them um, and and find a way to to communicate with them effectively to make the process work. Um, So, yeah, it's but those skills are useful in any any possible shape you know with with dealing with your own children or dealing with employees or dealing with colleagues seniors you know whatever Uh, the the communication skills I've learned from doing that job over the last few years have, have been incredibly valuable. And interesting
0: you talk there about relationships with employees and colleagues I'm interested to touch on when you were running a business and how it might have perhaps influence your thought when it came to recruiting people or looking differently about what kind of position that that person might be suitable for how much were you aware of that person's volunteering history and if indeed they did have volunteering pursuits outside of the work you know the role that they might have been playing for your business
1: yeah certainly it's something um, I, I would always look for um, I've done a lot of recruitment over the years and been involved in building businesses and, and changing businesses and, and recruitment element has been really important. And certainly for in terms of a, an employee who's coming along with a CV, yes, you're looking at the skills, the experience, the information that they're providing about what's going to make them the right employee for this particular job. But if they're putting forward some information about their volunteering, um, asking them about that will we'll often... Partly um, really spur them in and, and access them as a as a person and an individual and, you, and not just an interviewee, and they'll start getting very passionate about it perhaps or start talking with real um, you know warmth and, and knowledge about this volunteering role that they do. But it also tells you something about them as a person that they're not um, entirely egotistical, <laughs> that they're, they're somebody who's interested in other people, interested in community interested in working with others and giving back and, and that sort of thing. So I think it, it's it's really valuable for, for people who are on the employment trail, looking to change jobs or whatever, or just learn about something. You know, we, appropriate adults often have, um, will be training to be social workers or probation officers or solicitors or working in the criminal justice system themselves or perhaps even police officers and learning about, that role and, and what the the skills that it gives them whilst volunteering is really valuable for them and it, it's something that can then go, you know, if they want to apply for a degree in criminology or something, it's going to really help them to access, uh access that and, and build help build their CV, if you like, briefly. Yeah. And
0: what's your view just generally on what COVID has done for that attitude towards giving back to the community, being involved in volunteering roles? Just in terms of what you see anecdotally, do you you think people are more likely to be engaged in wanting to have those extra pursuits outside of their day-to-day work?
1: I think um, my my experience, particularly around the running events, uh, is that it's been a real challenge to get people to be involved Uh, and talking to the the partners that we have. Um, So Jane Tomlinson's Run For All, who are our partners now for the Ipswich Half Marathon. Um, The the experience they've had and we've had uh, and and other race organisers in the region that we know through other running clubs, it's been really tough to get people to commit, to volunteer, to get into the habit again. Um, Particularly sort of far in advance, I think there's a lot of people think Oh, you know, they've been used to things getting cancelled or, or postponed because of COVID and other things. Uh, And it's, it's, it's definitely caused some reticence around that and getting people to actually commit and sign up has been tough. Yeah, tougher tougher not tough tougher right
0: so so the demand on organizations to really make themselves attractive as an opportunity for people to volunteer
1: that there's kind of more need to do that to really stand out yeah and I think talking about you know as you're doing and the, the whole purpose of this is about what do you get from volunteering it's it's not just about giving uh giving to the organization you're volunteering for it's about what do you get out of it and you know the the number of times I've heard people say who have become involved in a race event either as a, as a marshal or a water station manager or a, a sector head or whatever it might be go oh that was fantastic. I loved it you know they got so much out of it themselves. they learned things. Um, you know we, we use students uh, from the Suffolk New College who are, who are doing uh, involved in the sports or the public services uh, courses. And they, they're brilliant at helping us and they, they get something, so much out of it and it's something they can put on their UCAS form or whatever when they're, they're coming on to go on to further education or to apply to the army or whatever it is that they're planning to do next. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely um, a give and take situation. It's not not all one-way traffic with volunteering, definitely.
0: Excellent. Actually, you, you mentioned there about Suffolk New College. I know that you also, just as if you didn't have enough on your plate already, you also have a role there as well, don't you?
1: Yeah, I do. I've been um, a governor at the, called a corporation a member um at the college for about seven years, I think it is. I'm currently the vice chair of corporation and uh, chair of the search and governance committee as well. So I'm getting involved in other stuff too. But yeah, um, and again, hugely uh, Informative for me, you know, the range of things that I've learned from that, as well as giving back to them, is is has been phenomenal, and uh, yeah, a, a great organisation to work with. Yeah.
0: So really, you kind of straddle a, a breadth of lots and lots of volunteering roles across Suffolk, and and get to kind of benefit from all those areas. What would you say to somebody who's sort of maybe found themselves post COVID, maybe they have got a little bit more time on their hands, and they're kind of umbernoured about should I volunteer and Something I'm quite keen to touch on is the fact that in the cost of living crisis, there'll always be this slight conflict in people's minds of, well, if I've got those spare hours, perhaps I should find paid employment, for example. What would you say to somebody who's debating what they could or couldn't get out of volunteering and whether it would be a good pursuit for them? Do you want to sell it to me?
1: (laughs) Well I can't think of any volunteers that I've ever uh, come across that have gone I wish I'd not volunteered I wish I'd never I mean they might say I wish I didn't put my hand up to do X Y Z but you know in terms of the the benefits that you get from it and um, this the satisfaction of a, a good job well done of being involved in something important um you know just give it a give it a try um you know there's all sorts of you know I've got friends who who uh, volunteer. At, say the British Heart Foundation where they're, they're helping in the furniture warehouse and moving stuff around or helping in the sale room or or they're doing a, a day a week at the the hospice shop or or visiting uh people who are uh, perhaps housebound or you know whatever it might be or that the the, you know, the I think they're called ploggers where they go around, they do a run and pick up litter. Um, you know, there's mm-hmm. there's so many different things. And so finding something that perhaps fits with your own interests. Um, so you know, I got involved with the running club because I joined the running club to learn how to run better. Um, and therefore I got involved in that. And I've I've you know be, become heavily involved in their events um because that's an interest of mine. Um, you know, the Anglia Care Trust one was was probably a bit left, more left field, but you know, it's been so amazing and the stuff that I've learned from it and the skills that I've acquired by doing it. So I think I'd just ask yourself what you've got to lose and go and find the thing that, that that you know, there's, there's almost certainly a volunteering activity that meets your own skills or interests. You know, I've got another friend who volunteers in the cafe at Minsmere because she's interested in uh, nature and wildlife and birds. So that's what she does. Um, and it puts her at the heart of that community, by and also giving something back to them. So if I find something that appeals to you, uh, particularly, um, or or it's going to test you a bit, perhaps. You know, that I think the appropriate adult role definitely was a. Oh, I'm not sure I can do this. <laughs> um, and, and putting myself a bit out of my comfort zone for sure. Yeah, but but hugely worthwhile.
0: I was going to say clearly something you've never regretted pushing yourself out of that comfort zone and trying something, you know, totally, totally different.
1: No, no, no. So, yeah, go and have a look. Find the thing that uh, that speaks to you. You'll find your thing. Find your tribe. (laughs) Find your tribe.
0: Amazing. And such a great way to end it. Thank you so much for chatting to me today, Alison. Really appreciate your time. And so great to get all the insights about the organisations that you're involved with. We'll put the links to those organisations in the show notes for this episode. If you'd like to know anything more about Alison's clubs, associations, involvements, projects, initiatives, then by all means get in touch with us and I'm sure we can connect you in the best way we know how. Thanks again for listening to the podcast of Community Action Suffolk and we will be back with an episode again really soon.